Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hey, it's Anne-Marie, just you and I hanging out today. It's been a little while since I have uh, had a solo show and we've had lots of great interviews and guests over the last number of weeks, which I hope has really brought some insights and learnings and our heart to your life and, and obviously to your business. But today I wanted to focus on the what I'm calling the right podcast strategy, starting with the end in mind. And you may be here uh, listening to the show after participating in my online program profitable podcasting free five-day intensive. Met some awesome people. We had over 650 people more. Actually, I think it was about 670 sign up. So many people were blown away by the community and and the conversation that that was had, particularly around how to build your reach, how to build your reputation as an authority, a trusted authority in your field, that thought leader, as well as ultimately build your revenue. And many of you are service-based businesses. Your coaches your consultants, you're sharing your expertise. And the way that we leverage podcasting to build reach, reputation and revenue is very different, particularly the way I teach it because we build out what I call your podcast profit pipeline amongst other models that that I shared. So I thought that I would do a bit of an overview, but also bring to your attention some of the things that I recommend you start to consider when you're thinking of your end in mind, because one of the most common feedback that I got and ahas that I was seeing was that people were saying, oh, I have prematurely gone out and bought my podcasting microphone. I can see that I have not yet got my end in mind, you know, these foundations so that you really can start to leverage the momentum that you're building, leverage the reach. And that's what happens a lot of times to podcasters or businesses who are leveraging a podcast. They haven't clearly thought of their end in mind, which means that they're not able to put together a a solid strategy and that is why they're not generating the results and they're certainly not able to monetize their podcasts. So I want to dive into that today as well as share with you an upcoming free training. It's it's only a number of days away by the time this podcast goes live. And if you're listening to this podcast after it has gone live, don't fret. This podcast episode is still going to be incredibly valuable for you, but I also want to give you a heads up on how you can get access to the next time we run our intensive, but also to get on the waiting list the next time I dive a little bit deeper into what I'm going to be talking about today. So we have got you covered. Now, you may not have heard me share my story about how I got into podcasting. I want to just share that briefly because a lot of the things that I'm now teaching and I'm training my clients is what I've learned over many years of podcasting. And I've made all of the mistakes and then some. That's what I say to people. I've gone ahead and I've made all of the mistakes and done all of this, you know, the thing, the silly things and the things that um, I just would not do. Again, hindsight is an incredible teacher. And sometimes for some of us who are trying and testing things out, she can be an expensive teacher. So let me share with you what to do and what not to do so that you can get there much, much quicker. Is that a deal? 
Good. I'm just pretending that uh, you nodded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we go. I was in the career industry back in 2008. That was my business. I was all things careers. Still love that industry, actually, helping people find jobs they loved, careers that they loved, getting paid what they're worth, um, interviewing, coaching, job search coaching, resume development, even uh, started to work with uh, leaders and executives and coaching them as well. So there was all of that. And I loved that industry. But back in 2008, and that was when I started my very first co-hosted podcast, that was when the global financial crisis hit. And a colleague and I were just so disillusioned at the doom and gloom that was being portrayed by mainstream media. And, you know, that's typical, sadly, of of mainstream media, radio, TV, print, all of the mediums were, were talking about the doom and gloom. And so a colleague and I said, we need to be the voice of hope and inspiration. We had no idea what we were doing, but we started it anyway, because our why, our wanting to be that voice of hope and inspiration. We knew that things had had changed. Yes, things were challenging, but things were not hopeless. And if we left it to the mainstream media touting their doom and gloom, we knew that that would continue to negatively impact the psyche of our ideal clients and our existing clients too. So we said enough is enough. Let's start to share some incredible information so that people could start to revisit and relook at how can we start to put ourselves out there and and find those hidden jobs, which we knew were there. It just may have taken a little bit longer, but we did not want people to become so disillusioned themselves that they remained stuck. But one of the things that happened over the two years Whilst we build impact, whilst we, whilst we build influence, whilst we build incredible connections with other career coaches, what happened was we struggled to monetize our podcast. So we ended that podcast as one of the main reasons is because we both kind of transitioned into different areas. I started to work more with um, uh, entrepreneurs who were now starting up because that's what was happened at that time. Some of those people had um, been laid off but had an incredible body of of knowledge, expertise, experience, and they thought, you know what, I'm going to put together um, my own consultancy, my own coaching practice, and I'm going to start to um, promote myself rather than an employee, but rather as a consultant, a contractor, a coach. And that's exactly um, what I was focusing on and my colleague uh, started focusing more on the online space. And so I've been podcasting ever since, podcasting ever since. And you would have heard me if you've attended the intensive say that, um, you know, one of the reasons I could see whilst why we were a- unable to monetize the podcast was because I assumed that people would listen to the podcasts that we shared and that they would hop over to my website or email me and want to know further details. And as we know, assumption and hope is not a strategy. So all of the things that I have learned over, you know, fast forward um, nine years, well, I've been in podcasting for 11 years, but the first two years just wasn't able to monetize. So for the next nine years, which is nearly 10 years actually in, in September, October this year, 2020, um, I've set about kind of really 
putting together the steps and the processes that I now teach. And um, so I wanted to share with you, when you don't have the right strategy, these are the kind of things that can happen. It can lead to these seven common mistakes. Now, you may have heard me share these before, but it's important to revisit them because as I do, I want you to ask yourself, have we clearly defined this? Is it on brand? Is it positioning us in the industry that we want to be positioned as that trusted authority? Are we building our trust in our community and are our clients, you know, that we're working with now, as we track them, have they been nurtured through, um, you know, our, our funnels and, and through our communications and through our nurturing strategy? This is if you've got a podcast to check in, to do a bit of an audit. Is it working? And if it's not, maybe it's because of one of these things that happened has happened. And if you are in the process of thinking about putting a podcast together, then can I, I recommend, can I implore you to listen to this and then to, to reach out and attend the next time we run one of these intensive and of course open our doors up to our immersive program. If that's something that you want to do, but here are the seven mistakes. Number one, no clear or in, uh, there's an incorrect strategy that they've implemented. And so a strategy that's going to be relevant for my business may be slightly different to your business because your strategy is going to, you know, relate to your outcome that you want, the end in mind. And so, you know, you've got to start thinking about, well, who is my industry? Um, what are the, the the things that they're tapping into that I need to be a voice you know, against or for? How am I going to challenge the status quo? What are the things that I need to do? What are the steps, the journey, my, you know, my customer journey, the buyer's journey that's relevant for my audience, my ideal client? And the strategy that you implement is going to support you in getting to that outcome. And so it's very difficult to get to an outcome if you haven't clearly defined that, or it's very difficult difficult for you to get to an outcome that might be quite unique in your situation and your circumstances if you're trying to um, implement a one-size-fits-all. Starting a podcast, getting it out there on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Spotify and or, you know, some people use some of the free platforms. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, just recording and throwing a podcast up there is and hoping and assuming people will find you and want to do business with you or that you're going to get sponsors or how else you, you want to monetize your podcast is not a good strategy. So the next mistake is not having a clear niche or what I say, your lucrative niche. Who is the marketplace that you want to serve and support? Who is he or she? You know, we talk about in marketing, you know, the demographics, which is very much some of the things such as age group, male, female, um, what, what is their work? What do they like to read? You know, all those kinds of things. Then we have psychographics where we're talking about what are they struggling with? What are the challenges? What are they saying to themselves? What keeps them up at night? What does he or she dream about? How do they, how do they describe that? You know, what lights them up? And so a blend of both demographic and psychographics and the value that you offer them, the outcome, the promise of value, all of that is so important that you wrap that into a beautiful storytelling package in every single episode so that you can take that person uh, on a journey as you continue to build 
build, know, like, and trust. You can't do that if you haven't clearly defined who your lucrative niche is. And something else that I often find too is that there may be a specific need and we know that need is definitely really important. So you've got to find out whether there is an actual need in the marketplace, number one. But number two, are your ideal client investing? Or are they in, um, in, are they individuals that there is an absolute need, but they just are not known to invest because there are other things that are far, um, more likely to, to, you know, get their attention. So are they buying? Because if they're not buying and it takes them much longer and you don't have a uh, huge capital to be able to support a long buyer's journey, then you may need to consider to narrow down your niche or maybe even focus on a different market. I mean, this is business 101 and you can see, and you might be asking yourself, what on earth has this got to do with a podcast? Well, if you've just asked yourself that question and you're a service-based business and you want to build your revenue, you want to build your reach and reputation, it has everything to do with your podcast. If you want to leverage your podcast as, um, you know, a solid way to build uh, momentum in your business. And so that is why I'm talking about Business Building 101 because it has everything to do with your podcast. Unless, of course, you don't want your podcast to make you any money and you like doing a million things that don't really have any purpose um, and you've got lots of time on your hands Then, and it's a hobby business, go for it. Okay, I'm going to get off my pedestal. All right, the next mistake, unclear thought leader brand or message. Your podcast may be one of thousands, if not tens of thousands of other podcasts, but don't fret, don't be concerned, don't be alarmed because there is only one you. There is only one you with your mannerisms, with your characteristics. Maybe you've got a wacky sense of humor or maybe you've got some, you know, cheeky um, charisma or sarcasm, wit, that when it's wrapped around, um, you know, within your realm of expertise and your story, your journey, when you have that as a unique blend, no one can copy you. No one. No one can be you. There are no duplicates of you. Even if you're a twin or a triplet or, you know, quad, one of a quad, you would probably find that you've got mannerisms that are quite unique from your siblings. And so there is only one you. Um, so you've got to define that. You have to define that because if you're not clear about that, how on earth are you going to expect your listeners, your audience, your ideal client who you know you can support? How on earth are you going to expect him or her to know what that is if you haven't um, defined that? And that goes with your message too. And you would have heard me say um, before, it's so important for you to have a clear idea on your message and your monetization strategy. And of course, your monetization strategy is that at the end in mind. What also happens, uh, mistake number four, broad range of topics or guests. Getting random people, even um, you know, if you're a business podcast, getting all sorts of different businesses with all sorts of different stories uh, if you want a niche and you want to be seen as an authority in your field, then diversity, unless of course you, you know, your whole expertise is on diversity. There's an area that you bring that's unique. Um, but I would say that 99.9% .9 of times, that you need to be very mindful of the guests that you have on your podcast. So be very, very mindful. And the topics, they have to showcase value and relevance 
to the topic that you are continuing to share on, you know, the, the topic and the team theme that you are continuing to share on your podcast. So that's so important. Um, off pod brand, off brand podcast creatives is another mistake, um, that I often see people not really spending a lot of time on and which can really just elevate your podcast to the next level. Uh, music and sound is is so important to setting uh, an experience, setting the stage. So what experience do you want to create? You know, do you want to be fun? Do you want to be more serious? Do you want to be whatever it is? Well, then you need to select music that has a tempo, you know, that, and even the voice over professional all needs to add value and be on brand to that experience that you want to create. You just don't want to have some random piece of music because, there's this random bit of music that you like. It has to be on brand. And if you're not able to define what that on brand is, that experience, then I really, uh, really encourage you to spend a bit more time um, mapping out, you know, the purpose of your podcast. Um, the last two, uninspiring show and episode introductions. Don't take 10 years to get to the topic and and some of the outcomes that people are going to walk away with after listening to you. Get to it quickly. And, of course, you've got to consider too at what point of the buyer's journey are you using your podcast because if you are using your podcast more as a retention strategy, you know, tactic, and you're wanting to share things with existing customers, well, of course, you can spend a little bit more time in behind the scenes or some personal things because these people already know, like, and trust you. They already love you because they're your clients. And I would assume that you're, you know, operating with full integrity and, and delivering excellence. And so that's why they love you. But you want to incorporate a podcast as part of that retention strategy so that you can continue to, to add real value. But also when clients, existing clients are ready to expand or, or ready to uh, move in, in to, you know, adapting or, or hiring you for further services, you want to make sure that you're seeding and leading this within your topics. There's a whole strategy that I teach around that. But just know that it's very important that you get to the point. I recently did a survey and I asked people, uh, what turns you off? And do you know the most common response was fluff and banter? Uh, and, and I've often had the, the response that there's no fluff and banter on your show, Anne-Marie, just great, great content, lots of information, whether I'm interviewing someone or I'm um, bringing a show uh, on my own, you know, solo show. And I hope that, uh, that you have had the same experience as well. Now, the last common mistake is ineffective calls to action. This is where you you need to be mindful around what you are encouraging people to do. Now, typical things such as subscribe to my podcast, leave a rating, share this with people that you know. Look, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But remember, your goal is to connect, engage, educate and entice your new listener, the one who is your ideal client who's ready to take that next step. Your job is to get them off your podcast and onto your list so that you can continue to build no like and trust within that relationship building um, pipeline. And so you know that I, I teach a strategy and where you, you would you would use your three-part podcast series with that. I'm not going to go into it on today's show 
But that should be your call to action. It should be to get them off your podcast and onto um, a resource or some form of free training or whatever it is, that next step that is so compelling because the whole interview that you've just done or the whole whole topic that you've just done has really built momentum up to that point where someone who is ready to make that decision goes, oh, that was brilliant. I, I need to reach out to, to that person, you know, need to reach out to him and her. So that's so important. So I wanted to share those mistakes with you to kind of lay the foundation. And I want to talk to you about what I, what I call my podcast positioning quadrant and why this is so important. Because often what happens is when those mistakes, common mistakes, one or more of those are you know, are relevant to you and you recognize, oh, you know, yeah, I can see that at least one of those we're not doing with our current podcast strategy, then what will happen is it'll be very hard for you to become known as that highly trusted authority. So I want to introduce you to a new tool that I've created. It's really to see where you're going to be able to position yourself and why it is so very, very important to ensure that you your podcast strategy or what you do with your podcast doesn't have those mistakes. And it also really validates the importance of starting with the end in mind and having the core foundations in place. Now, what I want you to do is to draw a big square and then I want you to draw a cross in the middle of that big square so that you're effectively making four similar sized boxes. Then I want you to draw an arrow point going up on the left-hand side of those two boxes and the same along the bottom of the two boxes. So you've got two arrows. And then what I want you to do is to write the word audience on the left-hand side and then on the bottom, authority. And on the bottom left-hand side box, um, that would be low and the arrow going up would be high and then the arrow going to the right, which is in the bottom of the boxes, would be high as well. So you've got kind of low and a high. So what you're doing in this quadrant is really seeing where are you going to position yourself? Where could you position yourself? So I hope that makes sense of what I have just drawn. I'm, I'm actually doing a free training this coming Tuesday. So if you are you're listening to this immediately on Friday when this releases or Saturday or Sunday or Monday, this is Aussie time, of course, join Join me on Tuesday over at podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash end in mind. I'm going to dive deeper into this as well as, of course, go through various questions to see where you may have gaps in your pillars and what you need to work on first. But I wanted to share it with you today so that you kind of have an understanding of, okay, these are the four different core areas where I can be positioned when it comes to my podcast. So I want you to write the word entertainer in the bottom left-hand box. Above that, so the top left-hand box, you write celebrity and then in brackets influencer. On the right bottom box, write the word expert and then the top right-hand box, write trusted authority. And I want you to put a circle around the word trusted authority. So bottom left-hand box is entertainer, moving clockwise, um, top left box, celebrity influencer, top right box, trusted authority, bottom right box, expert. So let me just explain to you what each of those is. Now, if you've got 
low trust and you've got low niched audience is really you become almost an entertainer. You've got people who might listen to you. Um, however, as far as building authority as an, you know, as, as an expert, it's not really something you're not really sharing information and insights, but rather you're kind of entertaining people. You're giving them something to listen to, but you certainly, um, don't have a highly niched audience and you certainly, or engaged audience and you certainly don't have, um, you know, that that trusted expertise, that trusted authority there. If you have a look at celebrity or influencer, that is kind of high. So you would have, you know, maybe a highly engaged audience. Um, and so a highly, you know, you've got an audience that listens to you quite regularly because they do enjoy your your, your program and you would kind of see some, you know, celebrity and influences of, of, um, what you would see on mainstream uh, radio. You've got particular shows and things like that. However, they're not really seen as experts or and a trusted authority in a particular body of knowledge they're really more celebrities and, and influencers it's more their their kind of you know personal brands then if we have a look at expert which is on the bottom right so that sits where there's high authority so in other words they're seen as that expert however they don't have that high uh, you know highly engaged audience educated and so this this is what will often happen with a podcast is people will come for the topic and then they'll go because there's certain things that this expert's not doing in their podcast that's not positioning them as, um, you know, a, a highly trusted authority. And then, of course, the top right-hand box, there is high levels of authority uh, to the point where this, you know, you may be really challenging the status quo You've got insights that no one else is talking about in your industry. The way that you deliver it um, is highly engaging, highly educating, and there's certain things that you're doing within that that's really um, enticing your audience to want to know more or take that next step. And so that's where you really want to, to be positioning yourself, particularly if you want to build your reach, your reputation as that authority, that trusted authority, and obviously build revenue from that. So I I want to talk briefly about the pillars that you need to have in place um, to ensure that you position yourself as that trusted authority so that you are in the top right-hand quadrant of uh, the podcast positioning quadrant. So the four pillars, the first one is, let me ask you these questions. And if you say um, yes or no, I want you to answer them a yes or no. Don't go into analysis paralysis, just yes or no, answer honestly. I struggle to attract my ideal client and I'm not sure why. Second question, I've tried lots of ways to promote myself, but nothing really has worked. Third question, I'm sharing content, but... It's not generating as many leads and clients as I'd liked. Next question. I can be in a room with my ideal client, but even after introducing myself, no one shows any interest. And the last pillar or question. I struggle to define my ideal client demographically, psychographically. Help. So score up. How many yeses did you um, did you respond with? Well, 
if you have a lot of yeses, that means you need to spend a bit more time in identifying your lucrative niche. And you need to be able to do that because, again, you're obviously not speaking in um, into the struggles and, and challenges of your ideal client. So, okay, so you're ready for the next pillar. Let me ask these questions here for you. One of the reasons that's so important is because Havas Media Group studied 375,000 people across 33 countries. This is a number of years ago, yet still very relevant today. 84% of those people expected brands to produce content, but 60% said that the content was um, either poor, it was irrelevant, or, or it failed to deliver. So if you haven't clearly defined your niche, you may find that people would, would consider your content as being poor, irrelevant, or failing to deliver, which you do not want to have happen to you. So here's the next pillar. Let me ask you these questions. I'm just going to go through. So answer yes or no. Honestly, first answer is obviously the best. Don't analyze too much. I struggle to define my unique message and voice, especially one that has my ideal client take note every time. When I'm asked, what do you do or why should I work with you? My mind goes blank. I often compare myself to others and end up doubting my expertise and changing my message. I've got diverse experience and am unsure how to explain it in a succinct, clear way. And last question, my message and how I introduce myself changes frequently. I speak and hope for the best. If you've answered yes to a lot of those and you think, yeah, you know what, I I really do, yeah, I struggle with those things. Well, this is your signature brand. And so what you need to really focus on is to identify your authentic signature brand so that you can begin to attract attention, opportunities, and ultimately high-paying clients. And this is going to be so important for you as you continue to to, to share your podcast. You need to have a, a clear understanding of what your you know your signature brand is so that you can step forward intentionally with that and bring that out each and every time time. You know, Steve Jobs said the most powerful person in is the storyteller as he or she sets the vision, the values, and the agenda of an entire generation to come. And, you know, doing that, part of part of that is your signature brand, your message, your vision, the values. If you don't know what that is, and that, that as I said, core components of your signature brand, it's going to be hard for you to influence change, to be that champion of change, that change maker with your podcast. All right, let's Let's go to pillar three. I don't have a simple step-by-step blueprint to take clients from struggling to success. I don't have a structured process to bring value and create desire when speaking with a prospective client. I struggle to communicate the value of working with me. I struggle to justify my fee or worth when speaking with or when questioned by my ideal client. And last question, I often have doubts about what I'm worth and should or could charge. So if you could resonate with those and you think to yourself, hmm, 
Yep, that sounds like me. This is your signature system. And I help clients identify their signature system. That really is your IP, your IP, the steps that you take your clients through to get them from stuck to unstoppable or however you you phrase that. But you'll be able to rise quickly to that specialist status with that unique, proven, profitable system that your ideal clients love. And that I certainly encourage you uh, to work on. Cal Newport said, be so good they can't ignore you. Skills trump passion in the quest for your for work that you love. So that's why following, following your passion is so dangerous, particularly if you're a service-based business and you're a coach or a consultant and you go, you know what, I'm just really passionate about what I do and I'm just going to do some coaching and this and that and the other. You need to create the skills around that to help others to be able to get the same results that so you can help them. And it's very difficult to showcase value and to become valuable um, and not just you know, a want, but an absolute need. Um, you have to have your signature system. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult for you to get paid what you're worth. All right, let's have a look at pillar four. These are the questions. My program titles and how I speak about them fails to create any interest. I struggle to create programs that my ideal client says yes to. I often find it hard to communicate the value and benefit of my programs. I struggle to communicate the value in working with me. And last question, I find it hard to ask my ideal client to work with me. Now, if you answered yes to one or more or a lot of those questions, that means you haven't clearly defined your signature program or programs. So this is where you package your expertise into a range of profitable programs, um, you know, in ways that people can work with you and that your ideal client will love and want to invest in. You know, in setting yourself apart from your competitors, your signature programs becomes part of a unique body of your work and is going to differentiate you from the thousands and sometimes in some instances tens of thousands if you're working globally of other coaches and consultants because the way that you package those programs it just is so irresistible. People just want to work with you because of of ha- what you can do to support them and, you know, just the way in which you work. And so you're able to really uniquely put together that body of work that will be so irresistible for clients. So, so spend time really figuring out your um, signature programs. Now, by the way, if this is something that you want help with, just hang around because I'm going to share with you how to get um, some support on that. Now, this is the last pillar. Answer these questions as honestly as you can. I don't have a formal process that nurtures leads into inquiries and ultimately paying customers. I struggle with building my list and generating leads. Now, I know some of you just rolled your eyes. Uh, My lack of clarity and focus has stopped me from creating an opt-in that my ideal client needs and wants. I don't even know where to begin or I've tried so many things, but nothing has worked. And last but not least question I have no idea how to engage people once they have signed up and are on my list to nurture them into clients. Does that sound like you? Well, if you've answered yes to one or more of those, you really need to look at creating your irresistible signature giveaway because that 
If you tap into and you know what your ideal client is struggling with and you create an irresistible signature giveaway, you will build your list of people who are hot leads that you can then nurture into customers. But it starts with what I call your digital asset, your irresistible signature giveaway. So this is actually the first step, the first step to building your list and nurturing an audience of your ideal clients along the buyer's journey. And as we know, buyer's journey is awareness, consideration, and decision. That is really what I wanted to share with you today, those five pillars, the five pillars of your lucrative niche, your signature brand, your signature system, your signature programs or program, uh, and your digital asset. You need to have those in place because when you get clear and they are in place, then you can start to really formulate a strategy because the end in mind, your goal is to start to seed and lead into the program title. So, you know, as you're talking and bringing things up in your podcast episodes, you can hint about your program and, and maybe even do some, some topics leading up to a launch that you're doing. So again, if you don't not clear on these core business foundations, it's going to be very difficult for you to build a podcast that a robust strategy and a robust podcast that helps you generate, um, you know, income, monetize it, because you're just not really positioning yourself as that trusted authority. So very important. If you recognize that you are not, um, you know, you're not, clear on any of the the pillars or, you know, one or or more of them, then this is certainly uh, an area that we can help you with. Our next, the Influence Alliance Tier 1 program, where we are walking with you step by step every week and, and really getting clear on these core business foundations starts in June. And we will be running them uh, this year, 2020, uh, every quarter. Not sure what we'll do next year, but um, get on the wait list if we've already uh, closed the doors. We'll be getting, um, you know, a roll enrollment list. But all you need to do is go to podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash foundations. Podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash foundations with an S. And um, if if you're listening to this before June, you can join us with that program. Um, and uh, if not, get on the wait list. It's uh, so well priced. I hope to support you in one or more of those areas. I mean, this is the core foundations for any service-based business, even if you know, you're not ever considering doing a podcast, but you want to position yourself as that go-to authority, as that trusted authority, and you want to build a sustainable and scalable business, it all starts with these core business foundations. And if you want a podcast that positions you as that thought leader, the industry thought leader, you're building your reach, you're building your reputation, you're building your revenue, then you definitely have to have these core business foundations in place. So hope that was helpful for you. Lots and lots of content. Go and listen to it again for sure. Come to the free training, podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash end in mind. Uh, even if that um, training has um, completed, that will allow you to um, come to the next one, you know, get yourself on the wait list, but definitely get yourself in the wait list for the Influence Alliance, the Core Business Foundations, and uh, look forward to speaking with you soon. If, if this episode has been um, of use to you and you know that it's going to be valuable for others, could you do me a favor and share it? And could you? I'd love for you to go over to Apple Podcast and leave a rating and a comment, and we might do a shout out in an upcoming show. Anyway, bye for now and look forward to seeing you in the community.
You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader Podcast, brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry? Access our free five-day money, marketing, and mindset boost masterclass. Go to www.industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. That's industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. Thank you.